Ferrabari coming up along the near board. LaPierre just going to hold on to it. And the New York Islanders have come into D.C. and shut out the Capitals tonight. Simeon Varlamov, a 32-save blanking of the Capitals. Final score, New York 3 and Washington nothing. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals blanked by the Islanders on home ice. Columbus up next tomorrow night at 7th and F. And Joe Beninati on Nick Backstrom and where the team goes from here. Good morning, everybody. Today is Friday, November 3rd. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals fell back to NHL 500 last night at 4-4-1, falling to the New York Islanders by a 3-0 final at Capital One Arena. A lack of offense at 5-on-5 proved to be Washington's undoing. That's a problem that has plagued the team for most of the first nine games of the season. It was an uphill battle right off the jump after Islanders defenseman Ryan Pulak scored on a right-point shot just 22 seconds into the game. Simon Holmstrom picked up his second goal of the season midway through the second period, and Brock Nelson added one for good measure just over halfway through the second. That was more than enough offense for Simeon Varlamov, who stopped all 32 shots fired his way. It was his second consecutive shutout. Up next for the Capitals, the Columbus Blue Jackets in town tomorrow night at 7, the fourth game of a five-game homestand. And there's another gap coming up in the schedule, too, with Washington after Saturday night, off until Wednesday when the Florida Panthers come to call. Here this morning on the show, Joe Beninati joins us to first and foremost discuss his thoughts on Nicholas Backstrom stepping away from hockey, but also Connor McMichael's role now and his view of the first month of the regular season. Well, Joe, appreciate you joining us here this morning. Obviously, the mood around the organization the last couple of days has been very heavy and emotional with the news that Nick is stepping away. And as you have called every game that he's had going back to his rookie year, obviously for us, it's a very tough time as well. Dreary, isn't it? I know I don't want to get into the fact of this being the end or not, whatever the next step is for Nicholas. Obviously wish him all the very best. One of the really cool things about our job, and you know this firsthand, is that you get to meet incredible athletes when they're young, in their teenage years, early 20s, and you watch them grow into being family men. And I can't help but think of the Nicholas that I met coming you know, in the 2005 or six season, and then watching how he matured and how his personality changed. And, and all the while, the skills on the ice are untouchable. His vision, his playmaking, his ability to see the game like a grand chess master has never changed. The way that his attitude off the ice, he was almost afraid of his own skin. He was so shy, maybe borderline timid as a rookie. And then to move along into his career the way he did, and just become a fierce competitor. Always in that shadow of the grade eight, but I think for anybody who knows the Capitals really well and Nicholas Backstrom really well, you never underappreciated what that guy did. I know you've been speaking to Bruce Boudreaux recently, and Gabby has enormous respect for what Nick does, not only offensively, but defensively, and how much of a touchstone he is for this organization. It was a 
horrible day when we heard that he was stepping away. It's very strange. You can't help but keep dabbing at your eye because somebody's slicing onions in the background. I just, I wish the best for Nick. There's no question. And as the team moves forward, and Spencer Carver and I talked about this on the broadcast last night, you know, there's the emotion of what has gone on, and then there's the task at hand. And for Connor McMichael, who is a natural centerman, but now with a hole open really for the first time in his NHL career. He moves to the middle. We saw him take rushes there a little bit on Monday, but it's a different vibe now for him. And Spencer talked about it with us last night in saying that, you know what, you're driving the bus at center now. You're not just waiting to see what happens when you're on the wing. And as good as he has been, this is going to be a little bit of a different feel for Connor now moving forward, and he's going to be dependent on for some more things. And maybe first off to what I alluded with Backstrom's defensive capabilities, that's going to be a challenge for Connor, a challenge for Hendricks LaPierre playing the middle. As long as you're, you're, you're without a doubt and you're now without a Backstrom, defensive zone face-offs become even that much more important. And we know how difficult it is for young players, first and second and third year pros, to win draws. The lines people let uh, the veteran guys get away with a lot of cheating, and it's hard. All of a sudden, you Hendricks LaPierre, 0-7 on the... Okay, that doesn't... It makes sense. But those guys are now going to be asked to he, to do some heavy lifting, not only at the offensive end where we all expect them to, to show their true gifts, but they've got to play... There's a lot of responsibilities defensively upon centers in in most head coaches systems and certainly in, in Spencer's Connor McMichael Hendricks LaPierre I know they're talented and I know that they're going to grow well into this and this stepping away of Backstrom gives them the opportunity to play their natural positions let's all wait and see how it turns out I know we're crossing our fingers that they are what the scouting staff thought they were when they were selected in the first round Staying with the center theme, and boy, Dylan Strome has been awfully good. A shooting percentage that is not sustainable, perhaps, for 82 games. But to be able to kind of do what we saw thinking back to the end of last season where he skated with Alex Ovechkin and he was terrific down the stretch in garbage time a little bit when the Capitals, you knew that this wasn't going to be a postseason run. But now we see him back together. We see chemistry. We see goals. We see face-off wins. And that 1C potentially that we thought maybe would be Evgeny Kuznetsov, well, maybe not. Maybe he's the two and maybe Dylan's one. Either way, the Capitals doing better in the top six offensively here early. Come on, John. 35% shooting is a piece of cake. That's easy to keep up. And then all I envision Strom as a playmaker and all the gifts that he has from the coach's perspective of hockey IQ. And then to see him with no assists, a locker like zero assists. <laughs> I'll let you say that, not me. I'm like, what in God's name is that all about? But that won't last, obviously. Dylan's been terrific. And he has the ability, John, to get to the right place at the right time. And if he can spark number eight, and we've seen... Ovechkin go on a six-point game scoring streak now where he's contributing, where he's much more visible than he was in the first week of the season. That's a good thing. So hopefully 17 and 8 keep working well together. And whenever you throw the bloodhound out there with him like 43 can be, I like that line. It has the potential to be really good. It's bigger than you think. You know, you we know that Ovechkin and Wilson bring the hammer. Strom's a big man. Um, so you have that difficult matchup when you're playing against that Washington top line. You want to make it a, a tough night for the other team, whomever it is, whether it's a Metro Division uh, rival or other. You want to make sure that they knew that they're in a game when they're playing the Caps. No easy nights. Uh, that heavy line can do that. Dylan, again, another guy who you're very happy for to see succeed because he's so cooperative with us. 
and seemingly comes to the rink every day with such a great frame of mind. To see him turning the light on so quickly and so often has been a great sign. Last one for you, just the big picture as we move now into the month of November. October was a mixed bag where at the beginning of the month, this team couldn't put it in the ocean. And the end of the month, you run off to three wins in a row. You start scoring goals. You start feeling good about yourself. Beating teams in the West is coming easier. Uh, trying to establish that against the East now as we get into November. But just your thoughts overall on the first month of the season. The Backstrom News notwithstanding and all the things we talked about, just where this team is now going into month number two. All of a sudden, the schedule is going to become less favorable. Uh, I know we both marked down 12 of the first 17 at home. I can't even find my suitcase. I don't even know where it is, but I'm going to have to find it a lot as we get to the end of November and early December. You know that. I just find that that second period disparity, the breakdowns, the when people start to break it down numerically, it's it's shocking that the Caps have scored so few and allowed so many, and then have been very, very stout in the third period. That gives you hope. But something's got to happen during that long change period where they can't get run out of the gym in those games, uh, a la New Jersey from a couple of weeks back. I think they've righted the ship. And they had to. Uh, the first two weeks we were looking at uh, each other and looking at our color analyst partners and going, what are we in for? Uh, things have steadied. And now you're going to start seeing divisional opponents and rivalry games more and more and more. There weren't very many of those in the first three weeks of the season. Now you're going to be starting to see a lot of your division brethren. Those games are doubly important. And fingers crossed our guys are going to bring their best. Got about another week to find that suitcase so the rubber starts to hit the road, Joe. Thanks for joining us. I'll find it. Maybe buy a new one. Maybe Locker will buy me something. Yeah, right. Yeah, Locker parting with cash on Joe's behalf. Not the most likely of scenarios. Thanks to Joe for joining us here this morning. Catch him and Craig Lachlan on the call tomorrow on Monumental Sports Network. It's the Capitals and the Columbus Blue Jackets tomorrow at 7. The first of three meetings this season with the team from the Buckeye State. 6.45 airtime on 106.7 The Fan. And always right here on Caps Radio 24-7. Heard for free everywhere at CapsRadio247.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.